for us, it's it's brand new and very fresh news. Uh, you would be the the first exclusive, you know, that we, we we haven't sent out media release that you know Sean and I have managed the G4 brand, built it by blood, sweat, and our livers for the last six years, right? And, and as of the first of December, we're actually now the importer of both the Primo and G4 brand, uh, which is a very big thing for our company. Well, if hanging out and drinking something that you want to do, well, let me introduce you to my boys, Matt and Drew. For fun and laughs and spirits, there's just one place to go. It's time for the Whiskey Tequila Friday Show. Whiskey Tequila Friday Show with my boys, Matt and Drew. Happy Friday, Drew. Happy Friday, Matt. And happy Friday to everybody. And welcome to a 100% remote but slightly more crowded episode of Whiskey Tequila Fridays, our podcast where we drink some whiskey, we drink some tequila, we educate, and we libate. My name is Matt. I am the uncertified whiskey hunter. And with me, as always, mi compañero de agave. Drew, Drew, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for this one. This is different. This We are actually remote for the first time in all of our recordings because we have a very special show today. Yeah, we've got two special guests from the packaged group, Sean Miller and Jeff Ernst. Gentlemen, welcome. Happy Friday. Hey, guys. Salud. Matt, nice job with the uh, Midwestern gringo Spanish little line there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, senor. Yeah, every now and then I just show how little I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well done. So who came up with the left brain and right brain CEO titles? I love that. That was a Sean thing. Yeah. So I got I run with that. Well, Jeffrey and I have been friends since the eighth grade. Uh, we've been through all sorts of things uh, over a long period of time. I, I hate to say how many years that is at this point, but it's a lot. It's a few. <laughs> and uh so we've been through some things along that time, you know, and, and uh, weddings and businesses and fist fights and all sorts of things, right, that come with that length of time. And uh, I guess in general, I, I tend to be uh, very creative, but uh, I'm pretty bad at math. And, and Jeff seems to be, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's an actual, a, like actual legitimate genius, by the way. So he's got all the all the data, all the math, all the real stuff. And and I tend to be a little bit more intuitive and, and artsy and creative, but so we find that actually together we can do really good things. Now, separately, we we tend to kind of wander off and, and cause tr- cause problems, frankly. But together we do really good things. So uh, left brain and right brain seem to be a, a fitting a fitting idea, and it's kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's awesome. Now, for some of our listeners that might not be up to the level that that everyone else is in terms of the spirits industry. Let's talk about exactly what PKGD is and, and what do you guys do? As far as what we do, we are a craft spirits importer. So we're a national importer. Um, we also manage some brands across the country and then we do some consulting. So really our focus is on uh, a lot in the agave world as well. Uh, but we have a sort of a boutique portfolio of about 10 brands uh, that we work with on a national basis. And and for us, then our customers, if you will, we obviously work with everybody all the way down, but our primary customer are the unique distributors, exclusive distributors in each state for our products. So that's great. 
true to our sto- to our our story here, we always bring one whiskey and one tequila. Getting right into the whiskey, who wants mm-hmm. to start talking about Birdie's Bear Gulch? Uh, I'll, Jeff, I'll, Jeff, you take the I'll go ahead and take the whiskey one. So St. Liberty uh, is a brand that actually I'm a co-founder of and Sean is as well. And, and we have a, a significant ownership uh, stake in the brand to the point where it's, you know, we'll call it our whiskey brand as far as that goes. So St. Liberty was based on celebrating Prohibition-era women bootleggers. So uh, our uh, one of our other partners, Mark Sorrell, out of Austin, Texas, uh, was at the time researching, developing a new whiskey brand for a different company uh, years ago. And he kept coming across all these great stories of these women bootleggers that no one was telling their story. And so he really sort of clamped on to, well, well someone really needs to. And everything from Mark found a, an old flask, sort of a coffin flask type bottle that he modeled the St. Liberty bottle off of as far as that goes. But part of it was really developing a sense of place as well. as So birdies, which we're going to sip here in a little bit, Birdie was uh, from Montana. And so while it is a Texas uh, bourbon that's in that bottle, uh, we actually using waters from around Lolo, Montana to bring that to proof and to blend it with to, you know, sort of honor her legacy in that way. So, you know, it, it's a neat thing. We actually have an entire advisory board of all women uh, that we use to use as a give back, if you will, and sort of helping us because obviously we aren't. And we wanted to have a voice of the people of, of where should this go if we're giving back. So we've got a complete women-based advisory board that does those things. But in the end, it has to come down to having really great whiskey. So uh, from you know a very unique nose, uh, some unique, uh, some would call it a funk uh, to Birdie. It, it's definitely a, a unique profile that has a lot of like apricot, uh, some other dried fruits to it uh, that you won't just find as a typical, you know, not your average bourbon, if you will. Yeah, we can definitely pick up on that Texas funk, but I love the the idea of using the local water source. Mm-hmm. And now, did you guys did you guys run into some logistics that you weren't prepared for shipping those barrels up to Montana? No, I mean because in the end we will we can, you know, empty the barrels, you know, in Texas at the distillery and then dump the, you know, put it into totes designed for transporting alcohol and just send the okay. totes up to the bottling plants. And where it's blended. So, you know, it's more just kind of being authentic to that. We do have a four grain bourbon as well called Mary's Four Grain, uh, where that uses the waters from the Crystal River near Aspen, right? Um, same sort of concept. So, when we first cracked it, it, it was a butterscotch bomb uh, mm-hmm. for us. And, yeah. and now that it's had a little more, about half, half the bottle. And we're definitely getting that that Texas funk, but I do love the rice spice that comes in mm-hmm. later, and um, and the finish is is long for a for a relatively lower proof bourbon. But uh, I say we take a sip here. You ready, Drew? Yeah. Cheers, Cheers gentlemen. Cheers. So it's at least a four year bourbon as well. So a little bit of maturity to it, but yeah, you're right. You know, it's distilled outside of Austin, Texas. And has a little bit of that Texas heat, if you will. Yeah. Jeff, if I remember right, they're using two different barrels in the aging process as well, right? There's yes, a- it actually comes down. So there's a 53, the standard 53 gallon, and then there's a 30 gallon. Uh, the 53 has a three char. The smaller one has a four char, and it's a blend of those. So uh, okay. something that is a little bit unique in that blend. We won't ever have a real single barrel of that, if you will. Uh, just because it really is blending of two different barrel and two different profiles. 
Yeah, sure. Is that is that to kind of help control the evaporation down in Texas, or is that that was just due to taste? Okay, just that was just, uh, was just uh, in working with you know as far as the distiller makes it, it's a craft uh, spirits distillery outside of Austin Bone Spirits. Um, that was just working with their different profiles and coming up with something that really was uh, Mark really came up with you know what that blend what he wanted it to be, and uh, that's what came out. They, yeah, I love the bottle. A much thicker barrel. They use a much thicker stave barrel in Texas. I know that's that's mm-hmm. part of that because of the higher temperature and, and all of the barometric pressure changes. They do use a thicker stave barrel there than say Kentucky. And sure, it's a factor to to prevent uh, over evaporation. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I'm a little bit newer to whiskey and bourbon. Matt's been dragging me in, although, you know, twist my arm, right? For me, there's, we've we've tasted a few of these different Texas whiskeys, and there is definitely what we've called a Texas funk. Mm-hmm. There's that mm-hmm. noticeable flavor, similar to what, Matt, the Tennessee Sour Mash all has kind of a similar flavor. And when you get past that, I'm getting great barrel notes. What's the mash mm-hmm. bill on this one? 70 corn, 27 and a half rye, and then two and a half malted barley, which I thought was interesting. It seems like probably the lowest possible malted barley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it is low that way. You know, I love the high rye. I love the rye spice mm-hmm. in a sweet bourbon. Getting the best of both worlds with the sweetness of the bourbon and then the high rye. I, I really like this one. Now yeah, a- we love it. It's kind of been the the one that stands out in front for us. You know, at all times, um, it, it was the first one we came out with and one we always, uh, you know, truly unique as far as that goes. So, And are, are there three total for the St. Liberty line or? There really are two core expressions, which is the Mary's four grain. And then we also had Josephine's Flyhead River Rye. Um, there's still some of the, the rye out there, but when we first did it, it was actually we bought an experimental batch from uh, from Tennessee. So it was actually aged and distilled at Dickel, which is uncommon for them, right? Usually theirs is, is sourced in a different way as far as their rise. But this was a batch that Dickel did themselves. They distilled and aged it in Tennessee, and they just had barrels that they weren't going to use. They didn't use that otherwise. And uh, so we have that, but uh, it's it's not a core thing. It's something that there may be different versions of it otherwise, but then there's the foreground. I imagine, Drew, if you're coming, you know, if you're not a traditional whiskey head or bourbon head, you know, then you, you find the, the birdies to be more interesting, right? And the rye spice is interesting and the, and the stone fruit flavors are interesting. And, you know, I, I share that. I'm, a, I'm an agave nerd. And mm-hmm. I sort of make fun of the corn liquor guys, honestly, all the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> corn liquor guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of have a little attitude about it, to be honest. But for to me, that the, the birdies is unique and it's an interesting flavor, and I and I enjoy it. I, I really like it. Absolutely. Should we should we go in for a second sip, boys? Yeah, I mean, it, it to us is something that's been so much a part of us for a few years that you know it's a very comfortable feeling. Very. Uh, Drinkable, but yet unique. I mean, that's the one thing we love about it. It is not every other bourbon on the shelf. And some of those notes that you're picking up, uh, a little bit of the leather, a little bit of the dried apricot, a little bit of the other spices. Yeah, it is just a, a unique one that we really like. Yeah, I feel like it's getting sweeter, too, as as it sits here and opens up. I'm getting some more of that butterscotch mm-hmm. on the second sip again. Yep. Well, of course, most people aren't, aren't drinking you know, they're not drinking liquor neat. In the most part, they're drinking cocktails. And this expression does make some really interesting cocktails, right? It's quite, quite simple to, uh, you know, add, add a little modification and go a little, go down a little road and, and 
you know, really bring out that stone fruit flavor or, or, or what, you know, you whichever direction you want to go or a little mm-hmm. bit bitter, you know, works well with it. And simple in the world. We, our, our favorite is cocktail is a gold rush, which is an old, old uh, whiskey sour uh, version of, of just with lemon and, and honey. So that's, uh, it makes a very distinctive flavor profile through that cocktail though. It holds up really well it, when it, when it is made into a cocktail, you can still say, well, that's birdies. That's Bertie's bourbon in there. You can you can clearly pick it out. Yeah, that sounds good. We may have to do that, Drew. That that honey along with that with that strong oak presence. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we keep threatening a cocktail show. We're gonna have to do that one of these days. <laughs> well, there you, know, you go. You can't go wrong with a gold rush. It couldn't be any easier. It's it's just it's a it's a two one and one recipe. So you just do a honey simple syrup, which is just honey cut with water and lemon juice, and then you just shake the heck out of it, and you're good to go. So. We we make them we make them commonly in big batches like for gatherings or you know what have you. It's easy to you know mix a big jug of gold rushes and just shake it up and everybody. everybody mm-hmm. It's a use for some of the empty bottles sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So speaking of uh, distribution, is is Illinois in the future? Or it is there. It's just in sort of limited distribution at that point. So okay. we do have it in the state. Uh, you know, we've been there much longer with some of our agave as far as that goes, but it is available. Okay. And then mm-hmm. to, uh, all of our listeners, if they can't find it in the store, is there a way to order it? Are you guys shipping? Yep. You can go directly through their website and it can ship to you as far as that goes. Uh, we've got those set up and can go directly through Illinois. And I believe also Reserve Bar has it there, which has Illinois retailers that will bring it directly to you too. So, but through our site, through Reserve Bar. Those are a couple places online if you can't find it near you. St. Liberty's in California, Texas, Louisiana, New York, New Jersey, Florida. You know, it's 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 a you know it's in a lot. It's in Michigan here where I, where mm-hmm. I it's around. You can find it. Yep, that's good. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think it's great. And like you said, it's a really nice sipping whiskey, and I could see it standing up to a to a cocktail too with that mm-hmm. with that distinctive flavor. Mm-hmm. Drew, anything else? I know you're dying to move I, on. I'm ready to move to ready? the Riedel. Yeah, I think I think we're ready. Let's get the Riedel tequilas out. There you go. Typically, I I do a paltry version of a geek out on a brand, but why don't we just turn that over to Sean? <laughs> tell us all about this Primo eighteen sixty one Blanco. Well, so here, here's the way I tell the story. So you you know you know that Jeff and I have been involved with G four, which is Felipe Camarena. That means G four just means fourth generation, which is Felipe's sons. They're the fourth generation of distilling of of his fork of the Camarena family tree. You, we mentioned the, there's a tequila ocho bottle back there, which is uh, that's Felipe's brother. His name is Carlos. Uh, he has been working at the family distillery of their father, which is La Altena, uh, in the, in the city of Arandas. Uh, he now has his own distillery as well, but they're making at Altena. Tapatillo and, and El Tesoro, uh, which is a, a famous brand. There are there are more fa- famous brands uh, a, among the family. Uh, Felipe, I once asked him, and he thought really hard about it, and he decided that he was directly blood related to about sixty five percent of the tequila industry. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say two thirds. So yeah, yeah. So, no? so the way that this goes now for Primo, you know, it's it's meaningful to me, maybe not to you, but I I was at, a couple of years ago. I was at Pendillo, and Felipe said, "The next time you come, I will introduce you to my nephew." I did. I didn't think much of of this. So I went, okay, cool, right? And and sure enough, the next time I come, there's a a, a youngish guy in the in kind of the 
hanging out by the offices and things that I didn't know. So I said, good morning to him. And I I, I said, hi. And, and, he, and he said, hello, uh, in English. He says, hello. Uh, my name is, my name is Pedro Camarena the sixth. And my, my profound response to this was no shit. <laughs> this was my actual profound response. And then he turns and says, when this, this is my father, uh, he is Pedro Camarena the fifth. And I again said, no shit. <laughs> and I, I knew, to be honest, I knew the name Pedro Camarena, because if we, if we track back to G4 and we say, where, what is the origin of distilling in the family? It is Pedro Camarena. The second is the origin of distilling his father, Pedro Camarena was the first, he wouldn't call him that, but born in the 1700s was the first man to cultivate agave in the area of Arandas, thus founding what is now an entire region of the tequila industry, right? Yeah. So then Pedro Camarena II was the first to distill tequila in the family. He had uh, 21 children, three sons, and those three sons founded three of the most famous anchor distilleries of, of Arandas and are responsible for many, many of the brands like El Tesoro, like Tapatillo, uh, like Casadores. I mean, ma- many of the famous brands that, that that have come from that area. So Pedro is a is a nephew. Uh, he's a cousin of, of Alan and Luis, the fourth G, G the fourth G and G four, uh, a, a nephew of Felipe. And uh, Felipe and Pedro. Pedro was kind of uh, in a career transition, to be honest. He he had a business that that ended, and he was kind of trying to decide what to do. And and he and his uh, his uncle concocted that they would make a new brand and bring his line and his name back into the tequila industry. So at, at one at one point along the line, Philippe would be Pedro's great great grandfather had died at a young age. He was in the tequila industry, he was in the agave business, but he had passed away, and his uh, widow had sold them out of the business at that time. Who knows what, you know, she was probably had no idea what to do. Right. And Mm -hmm. so she sold them out of the business and cashed out. And then and then that fork of the tree was out of the business. So with great pride, I mean, and hopefully Jeff and I express to you the honor that we have to represent these families and and to bring their brands with great pride. You know, Felipe says that we we were going to make a brand for for Pedro, and we want you guys, we want uh, Jeff and Sean to bring it to the United States. Uh, they they work together to create Primo 1861. Pedro has an eye for design, which Felipe does not share, <laughs> but he's uh, he's learned uh, about making tequila from Felipe. Created this beautiful package with the uh, amazing topper, and the the topper is made of brass. It weighs probably a quarter of a pound. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's it's gorgeous. A, it's it's really gorgeous. A beautiful showpiece. The the flag that you see there, primo means first, primo means best in slang, and primo means cousin, of course, in Spanish. So the entomology is rich. But if you consider that that this Pedro Camarena as being the first, Pedro would say, when you go somewhere first, you plant your flag, right? All so right. he went there first. The flag is planted in the agave. And in in the representation, uh, the flag is in flames because that that first distillery of his great 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 grandfather actually burned to the ground uh, in in one of the early 1900s Mexican Revolution. The flag burned to the ground, or the distillery burned to the ground, and and now 
you know, with Primo, that fork of the tree is is rising from the ashes, if you will. So it's a it's a beautiful presentation and a beautiful topper and and I think a fantastic story that that's just absolutely true, right? Yeah. Oh, that is a great story. And what an honor for you two to mm -hmm. be chosen to bring this fan this this part of the family back to the tequila industry. Yeah, just really. amazing. And, and to them, you know, Sean and I they are family to us. We are, this isn't something we just bring up and sell. This is something that to us, these are their babies. They're, their children. They're entrusting us with as far as these brands. And we treat them as such. I mean, I actually just got back from Mexico uh, yesterday. I was down there for Posada, essentially their, their holiday party, right? Where all the family and all the employees are there. And Sean and I are fortunate that we're included and invited with these sorts of things. It's, it's being a sense of in their family, if you will. So, yeah, that is great. We, we've uh, in in telling their story is is something of, of great pride, but it's some it's also the that's our marketing play, right? This is what we do from a business. You guys are business people from a business people standpoint. There are are there's no celebrity here, right? There's no you know there's no you know supermodel lifestyle here. There's you know with this these are these are very real people and from a very real place that are making beautiful beautiful product. They're not marketers, and and so we've intentionally, earnestly, with great effort and in years of time, have told their story, and and that's what we're doing now, right? We we, we tell the story. We we you know, and as such, we sort of make them famous along the way, right? To to at least to some nerds, so they like to yeah, yeah, right. sure, right? But but uh, but we've made. We, you know, we're we're telling this family story in, in entirely in truth, and and we just let it be. They don't tell it very loud, right? To them, it's just their family and their story, and it's the work that they do. Uh, so it's uh, it's up to us to to tell and amplify that story, and 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 we think it's uh, it's a great story to tell. Yeah, I was I was going to ask, you know, how do you fight for shelf space and sales? When all marketing has gone to social media, and I know you two are social media experts. Well, but that in the end is, is what is in that bottle. Yeah. And telling that story and having people taste it and building the brand is, as Sean and I have done with G4 and as we're doing now with Primo since, you know, since bottle one in these countries, is it's a shared experience. You know, conversely, like, you know, every bottle we have of G4 that comes in the country, as soon as a truck goes in, a truck goes out. It gets to the shelf and it sells out there oh, because yeah. they know what's in that bottle and right. no different than what Primo is. You know, once they taste this, the, they know they've found a truly exceptional tequila. Uh, right. There's just no doubting. it. Yeah. Before we started the show, we were talking about trying to find G4 and it's so hard to find on the shelf. To, to your point, the minute it's stocked, it's gone because mm -hmm. people who yes. know scoop it up and they mm -hmm. don't leave one for me and Matt getting there after work. We <laughs> got to get there on your lunch hour. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're working as hard as we can to build that up so that people hopefully can find it at least the day after. But, uh, you know, that, that is the nature of craft tequila as well, is it's nothing that you just scale overnight. It's nothing where you just, you know, leave it blindly go or it's an industrial process. These are all, you know, truly handcrafted, um, you know, open air fermented tequilas. You know, in the case of Primo, you've got a blend where it's been, you know, partially fermented in a, a wooden fermentation vat and, and the rest in stainless as the G4 process is. You know, it, it's the, a, me a mechanical to you just don't go any faster. You take five days to ferment this instead of if you 
sped it up with a different yeast starter or something like that, your fermentation can be done in a day. But that's just not the way it's done there. Well, and you can taste the quality. I'm glad it's not done that way there. Yeah. Yeah. And you you two have mentioned before you kind of fell into G4 almost by mistake somehow. It was like you were absolutely more... by mistake. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, I, I know we're trying to highlight the primo and what we're going to get there, but mm-hmm. just another great story. Tell us how you got involved with G4 to begin with. Sean and I had a, a social media influencer and an advocate platform, uh, whatever, seven something years ago now. At the time, you know, there was changes going on in that space that made that business difficult. But we also had an investor who was uh, who had invested into having exclusive rights for G4. Unfortunately, he got defrauded out of a fair, substantial amount of money. But in the end, he um, Ross, this gentleman, still wanted to continue to do the product. So actually, it was a day after Christmas, I believe, seven years ago now, flew down there and said, you know, we don't know much about tequila, but we know that our check is good and we'll honorably try to grow your brand. And he fortunately entrusted us to to do so. And, you know, Sean and I have a lifelong of being in a variety of industries. And, you know, we first started doing the marketing for them. And then, you know, the, the Ross asked us, well, can you guys try to sell this thing as well? And, and Sean and I are, well, we know how to sell things. You know, we'll figure it out. And, and we learn through our bumps and bruises as to the alcohol regulated industry that it is and figuring out distribution channels and, and all the other things and the, you know, minutiae that goes into actually bringing uh, an alcohol, a spirit to market. And we just, you know, through hard work. Um, did that, but it was a, a 100% by accident. I mean, I'm sure at one point, you know, Sean was wondering, or I was wondering what the, what the hell are we doing trying to do this? And at the time it was literally trying to pay some bills. Well, and I, I, I'll just add, you know, given the context of what we just talked about, right. You're like with, with G4 is in 38 States right now, but you can't even get it. And oh my gosh. And when we, you know, the, you know, you have to get it, you have to like wait for it to be delivered. When Jeff and I started with this, uh, we had to do a couple of things, one of which was we went to Google to find out who was a liquor distributor in Illinois. Right. <laughs> That's where we started in this business. And then we called the front desk and we, you know, you push zero to get a human being and you say, I, I'd like to talk to somebody about tequila. And you finally, you know, maybe you get somebody on the phone or maybe they blow you off. And, you know, you call and you call and you get somebody on the phone and you say, well, I, I have this tequila. It's it's called G4. It's by this guy named Felipe Camarena. And, and we think it's really good tequila. And and just, we're like, never heard of the guy. Don't care. Right. Yeah. Never heard of the brand. Never heard of the guy. Don't care. You know, with, with in immense gratitude, but with literally blood, sweat, and tears, right? In in this time, from that point, you know, to Googling who is a liquor distributor and, and never heard of this Felipe guy, what are you talking about? You know, to what the hell, guys? Why can't I get a bottle? It it's been it's been a hell of a ride, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that in seven years. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And, and well, we, you, we work the equivalent to dog years. So I, <laughs> yeah, right, right. And and you guys have just announced that you've taken over more of G4. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, you know, we previously for, for almost six years before this had managed the brand for the gentleman I was speaking about uh, where he was the importer. We were just managing the brand nationally. So, Everyone sort of knew the face of the brand was Sean and myself, but there was always this layer behind as as far as that goes. But you know, now as of a couple of days ago, officially we are now the importer uh, for it, which really means it's it's one hundred percent 
you know, on this side of the border, it's our baby as well. And uh, we couldn't be more pleased for both that and Primo that we're the importers for it now. Yeah, that's great. That is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That is great. Well, let's, we've been talking this to death. Yeah. Let's, yes. Let's get in. Let's get in on the nose. What are you guys getting on the nose? Go ahead, Sean. Well, it's, I mean, this is, I mean, it should be a, a, a waff of, of cooked agave, right? I mean, this is, Mm-hmm. And this is this is not a familiar flavor to most Americans, but the, that that lovely cooked agave. It was just Thanksgiving. You might you might pick up some of those like pumpkin pie baking spices, perhaps. But that's uh, yep. you'll definitely got the agave going on. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. That especially for newer tequila drinkers, there's no agave or cactus in in, in the American diet. So you have to get you have to smell that a couple of times and get used to it before you can find what's next. No, it it literally requires that presence to almost go to a distillery. You know, I was at obviously a couple of them when I was down last week. And when the ovens are going and all of a sudden a waft of that air hits you and you go, you know, and it's the to us, it's the greatest smell that can come across is that cooked agave smell. And that's what translates into this glass. But until you've experienced that, that's a very hard thing to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Should we give it a sip? Yeah. yeah. Salute. Salute. A healthy one. So just technically, guys, what you're what you're drinking is uh, agave right from the right from the uh, in the estate or immediate adjacent neighbors. Uh, the soil there is bright red clay. So like the best peaches come from the red clay soil in 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 Georgia, right? This is a very unique region, even within the area of Los Altos. The area around Jesus Maria Jalisco is a very interesting, bright, rich red clay soil. So lots and lots of minerality. The agave uh, stay fairly small there. So a high concentration of sugar and a flavor profile in more of the in the floral notes than a flavor profile of more of the vegetal notes that you get from agave from from other regions. This is uh, distilled uh, in, in the entire process of distillation and proofing is spring water from the property. So there are two uh, spring-fed ponds right on the ranch. So that's where the water is coming from for this, and that is all all through. So the steam in the oven, the 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 wash of the mosto, the water for fermentation, the steam for distillation, and then the proofing is all using that uh, spring water. Uh, the yeast for fermentation is a multi-generational yeast. It's of Felipe's father's. Uh, oh, they, wow. they keep it alive uh, for. Uh, something about 60 years now they've been using the, the same strain of yeast and and then there's no other additives of any kind so water yeast and the right agave from right there on the farm that's that's all you got that is cool i wanted to get really quick your take on your side of the business of the confirmed additive free program with taste tequila and tequila matchmaker mm-hmm. how do you all view that as the importers and distributors and marketers well, it's a, it's an, I, I'll say this, first of all, it's an interesting thing to us. Um, you know, we know Grover and Scarlet very well. And, and it, just so you guys know that El Pandillo and La Fortaleza were the first uh, to be tested and go through the process. So oh, okay. they were, in fact, the models for the program. Um, there is a, a physical audit, a forensic audit, meaning they look through the purchasing records and this sort of thing. Uh, I distinctly remember Carlos, who works for Felipe at, at Pendio telling him 
what all he had given to uh, Scarlett and, and to, to to for a review. And the, and the comment was, you, you, you gave him what? <laughs> right. It's a complete forensic audit of all of the purchasing of this of, of this distillery, right? And then they they do a chemical audit at the at the end. Uh, so La Fortaleza and El Pandillo were the were the models for this. So we've we've been aware of this for a long time. It's been a, an amazing thing to mm-hmm. see it develop into uh, you know what the kids call a thing, right? And you're <laughs> right. seeing stores now you know doing additive free tequila in the sections within the store and, mm-hmm. and, and all these kinds of things. In Mexico, it's quite controversial, right? Because you're you're really poking hard at the CRT, which is the regulatory body of the tequila industry. You're you're questioning to some degree. You know, it's very careful about this. There's some there's a lot of political significance to this. It's very, very important. So it's it's with careful, we speak about it carefully in Mexico, frankly. Sure. <laughs> uh, but it really has made a tremendous impact on the industry in the United States. The American consumer has really uh, grabbed on to this. But I think I always say I always temper that statement by but recognize also that brands like, you know, if I can name names, but brands like 818 and Casamigos and these brands that have come, you know, come out and sell literally millions of cases of heavily, heavily additive laden tequila that tastes like a wedding cake right? Uh, and tastes actually nothing like the cooked agave that we're drinking here. So as much as it's a thing, it's also very much a, a, a percentage wise a drip in the pan. Uh, of the of of all the tequila that's consumed in the United States. Sure. Yeah, I think when we started recording, there there was maybe eight or ten companies listed on that app mm-hmm. as confirmed additive free, and as of today, there's like thirty or forty. So it's mm-hmm. it has yeah. really caught on, and I I love seeing that. Yeah, and you're still talking about that as a proportion of the three thousand brands that are out there, though. Right. It, you know, right. It, it is that. So. It is a complicated issue, much more so, as Sean said, on the other side of the border, because you will talk to tequileros that say, no, there's no additives because they're operating within the framework and the regulations that they're allowed to. Right. Um, right. So so they don't see that is that they're cheating because those are the rules. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, our consumers want a lot more transparency on the label. Mm-hmm. If I may, just to be clear, if people are wondering what we're talking about with additives, there there are allowable in tequila. There are are one percent of the of the volume, maybe up to four different types of additives. So you can have a, a flavoring, a coloring, a sweetening agent, and a softening agent. So you could have, in theory, four percent of the liquid could be something other than water, yeast, and agave, and and that's allowable. It's entirely okay, as Jeff said, and you have to be careful about that, right? So there's nothing wrong with it. It's totally allowable. It's been done for a long, long time, and uh, you know we were just drinking whiskey. Guys have been coloring their whiskey for uh, for hundreds of years, right? This is not new. <laughs> Right. So right. There's, there's nothing new about it in the tequila industry either. And it's not unique to tequila. But within the denomination, th- those are allowable. So I, I, I one day I had the experience of of meeting a an additive saleswoman uh, at, at one of the distilleries. She, she was making a cold call. And I said, well, this is interesting. Let's let's talk about this. Let's talk to her a little bit and find out what she does. And and she told me that her number one best selling additive was agave flavor. Oh. Yeah. Right. And, and, and most <laughs> most people wouldn't even consider this. Right. But, but if we talk about these big brands that are literally selling a million cases 
you know, in that at that kind of production level, you're using a, a machine called the diffuser to process your agave, and you're using what's called a column still to produce to roost the gila at very high proof. We we call it agavodka. It's hard for me to say. We call it agavodka. But you're you're ending with a very high proof neutral grain spirit made of agave, sure. and it, you ha- you have to somehow make that taste something like tequila, right? And you just can't do that without additives. So that's a it's a big part of the business, and it's very very real. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks thanks guys. I know I know we're running short on time. We have this little thing that we do. You know what what we like to do is pair these two, right? We're trying to introduce our listeners to a whiskey and a tequila that they can pick up on Friday and enjoy together over the weekend. And so just like you might take a bite of cheese and a strawberry and some wine or something like that, we try to pair these up in such a way that we take a sip of one, we don't wait, we don't rest, we don't rinse, we take a sip of the other, and we just see what influence one has on the other, and we call this the quick sips. And that was amazing over Zoom. Matt plays that sound effect with his phone. You just about gave Jeff a heart attack. (laughs) <laughs> I thought we were ready to dance. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's low budget production here, gentlemen. Um, so let's start I, with the whiskey. I think matching. Right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna take a sip of the whiskey, give it a nose, give mm-hmm. it a taste, give it its due time, and then don't rinse, don't wait. Knows the tequila, sip the tequila. Uh, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. So right. while I was while I was nosing that tequila with a little bit of that whiskey still in my mouth, I got like a smoke note. Mm. There was a little bit of like a smoke that came through, but that was really nice. What do mm. you guys? Anybody else? There's there's people. A lot of people pull smoke out of birdies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So the smoke from the birdies, you're you're getting on the on the tequila, Matt. Yeah, but then that then that tequila just was. I mean, it was just heightened with the agave, the the black pepper that that mm-hmm. anise and and black licorice note. It was really was really nice when we yeah. first cracked that bottle of Primo. The anise, the black licorice, was really predominant. It has had some time again to mellow, and it really has balanced out well and mm-hmm. drew and i both like that note um but we you know we our our first take was boy if somebody likes that black licorice note this is a great tequila for sipping that for getting that note mm-hmm. and i i feel like the quick sip pulled that that anise back out it did, did you did you feel like you got more yeah, on that one i can say that you know you mm-hmm. got such a some to me you, you get some of the very unique notes of the birdie that kind of just carried across from the taste so you've got sort of the lead of the a little bit of the barrel note as well as the um that stone fruit you know note so it kind of you know came across like almost a little bit of a barrel tequila to me a little bit so yeah yeah all right so we we went one way we got to go the other way sean do you need to reload oh yeah i gotta do it yeah i, say, I saw sean sort of finish it i'm like right. gotta reload all right, all right, all right. This happens on the show once in a while. We got to reload. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I mean, it is Friday. <laughs> what the hell, right? Yeah, I, you know. Right? Long week of board meetings and... I can work out another day. It's all right. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and definitely our brands are not sort of usually in the club. So, I mean, sometimes we got to live a little differently. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I really think the uh, the quick ship should be accompanied by some house music and some sparklers, and uh, you know, I, I think you guys could make a whole big thing yeah. out of that. The production cost might go up, but yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. I mean, sparklers are what like twenty, you know, eighty for twenty five cents. I mean, that's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> yeah, right. all right, all right. So this time we're gonna sip the tequila, the Primo eighteen sixty one Blanco. We're not gonna rest. We're not gonna rinse. We're gonna go straight into the Birdie's whiskey. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Salud. Right. Hmm. It makes that it pulls that rye spice out, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah, it does. The rye spice. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agree. I I thought too on the nose. Yellow, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought on the nose though. It 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 got rid of some of that what we're all calling Texas funk, and mm-hmm. I could get yeah. more of the fruit that came out on the nose. It, it definitely mellowed it. I, I guess in that mm-hmm. regard, yeah. I mean, that was what I picked up is that it sort of narrowed the channel of what I was tasting. No. Yeah, but now I'm getting those apricots on that finish too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that fruit yep. really is coming through on that finish, and that's the thing we find is that the the first spirit usually lengthens the finish of the second spirit, and that's what we okay. like if we're trying to dissect these spirits a little bit more. But that yeah, that was fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I love it. I, I could sip these two together. You'll do a third now, where you just. I was going to say, is that the third sip? Is that the trifecta? Is right where we mix them together. We might have to yeah. do that. I don't know. I'm sure by the end of the night on some of our recordings, we've we've done that. But and and there there are some cocktails that that call for whiskey and tequila. But uh, again, that's that's a whole nother episode, perhaps. Oh, I mean, we could. It might be. We could create some sort of international hoven. What the hell, right? <laughs> Yeah. 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 Jeff's over there mixing right now. What I had to at least try. I mean the proportions were off and yeah. Uh things like that, but I had to at least try. So what'd you get? You know, for me, I got a very high citrus and stone fruit note out of it. It it felt lighter as far as that goes. It kind of got a couple different uh fruit notes blended in that kind of took over a little bit. Then there's the deeper big spice note and uh what I'd call the agave note as far as that goes. A lot up high and a lot up low, but it seems the middle is uh, kind of thins out a little bit to me. But that's awesome. Well, yeah, very before... unscientifically, I poured a little bit into my glass too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> well, see now, now you guys you started just, something. Now you've added fifty percent to our quick sips. Uh, uh, yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, goes from how, there. How how are the best places to to reach you guys? Give give our listeners a place where they can find you and reach out to you. Well, you can find you can find package group on the socials, if you will, the, the PKGD group. And you can find us there on the socials uh, as mm-hmm. package group where you can find the brands, uh, you know, and we, we are behind that as well and yep. on the socials. So you can find G4 Tequila. You can find Primo. You can Tequila Primo is there is the socials for Primo and and St. Liberty Whiskey. And yes. Okay. <laughs> and the bandito. And the and the El Bandito. Growing up there in Michigan, go. I did not care mm-hmm. for Chris Chelios much growing up. And but then when he moved to the wings, we could all like I him again. I say he, he won a couple of cups there. You should have liked him somehow. Yeah, definitely liked him once he moved to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Matt, should we this, close this out? Yeah. I mean, this because I know Jeff, great. I know you gotta go, Jeff. I'm sorry to keep you late. That's all good. Hey, uh, I'm enjoying the conversation. I appreciate the time and for us, it's never work to talk about things we love. And this is something we love doing. We love what we do every day. We love the families behind these things. So 
talking about it is is natural and and fun for us so yeah that's great and we will we will definitely keep talking about these spirits because that they're they're quality and Mm -hmm. they're really good so we want to thank you guys so much for the opportunity to come on with us and 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 be our inaugural guest so (laughs) today is repeal day i don't know if you guys know that or not oh it is that today today, is that day isn't it so we are celebrating repeal day with our first guests and so this is a big day for us. I mean, this perfect. is perfect. <laughs> the, there you go. Perfect day for St. Liberty Whiskey, for sure. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. What it was the spirit of. So, awesome. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up. And we want to, again, thank our guests, Jeff and Sean from Packaged. We want to encourage all of you to follow them, find their uh, all the labels, and find the Instagrams, and find all the socials. Look for us on Facebook group and on Instagram at Whiskey Tequila Fridays. We want to thank Joby at Forkshire Creek for our music. We ask that you drink responsibly. And if you like drinking whiskey and you like drinking tequila, then it's always a Friday. Happy Friday, Drew. Happy Friday, Matt. Five o'clock somewhere, guys. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate y'all hanging, but now it's time to go. We'll come on back for more whiskey to keep the Friday show. It's funny, it gives you the option to leave. I could be offended and just leave. <laughs> right, right. You're recording me, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm drinking tequila, I might as well be offended about something. Why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> well.